Hello, this show contains mature content. Viewer discretion advised. Hello and welcome to Keeping Up with the Pantheons. A mythological podcast where we piss off a bunch of deities, get sent to hell so you don't have to. I'm Alex Hamilton. I'm Tyler Hayes. Alright, and I am sick as hell. You are sick, Alex. <laughs> I've told you before. Being sick is all in the mind, and if you tell yourself that you're lying, you won't be sick anymore. <laughs> Uh, I'm just doing this for attention, <laughs> obviously, with no one else in the room, and there's tears streaming down my eyes. <laughs> I think that's called denial. No, that's in Egypt. Well, um, any any stories before I start? Oh. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. I've been shipping deities in um in that video game, mm. um, which seems mildly centric to what we've been talking about. <laughs> I saw this video this morning, which was like, you know, that one part in uh, Shrek where it's like, "You're a princess," or "She's a princess, and you're an ogre. It'll never work out." And then the other one's like. But I love her, right? <laughs> okay. It was like that, except for it was two gods talking to each other about main character of the video game, who's immortal? Question mark. And it just made me laugh so hard. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I can dig it. Yeah. All right. I should find the video and send it to you. <laughs> Do you want to see it? Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to know who these characters are, but no, sure. No, but I will always take an interest in what you are interested in. To a, at least a small amount. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that. <laughs> um, thank you. You're welcome. I did it. All right, Tyler. Um, so today I have decided to do a story on a very, maybe, maybe a very geeky man, a very nerdy man. Is it you? So much so... Are you doing your own memoir? No. <laughs> so much so that he he's spawn, basically helped spawn an entire genre of of a, a of writing. Tolkien? Tolkien. Holy fuck! We are talking about Tolkien today. <laughs> John Ronald Real Tolkien. <laughs> That. I'm just proud that I knew who we were talking about. Yep, most famous for writing The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. We've talked about him so many times, and mm -hmm. I don't know who the hell this man is. Yeah, well, that, then this is a perfect episode. Yay! Yeah, so, uh, and I, I know it's, well, like we've talked about in the past, Tolkien created a world. He created his own mythology, essentially, for this world. And I think it gives us, when we see these types of creation, it yeah. gives us a good window into how mythologies and other places could have possibly been born. And honestly, it can be done with just the power of one individual, which is incredibly uh, amazing to me personally 
So hmm. let's let's uh, we'll get started here. So Tolkien was born in 1892 in what is now South Africa. Okay, but his family, uh, minus Tolkien's father, uh, moved back to England when he was about three. Okay. Uh, Tolkien's father, though, though, would die before being able to make the trip to join them. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, the Tolkien family would move to Birmingham, England to live with his grandparents, uh, which this area would actually inspire several locations in his books uh, years later, including his aunt's house, which was called Bag End. Which, yeah, ba- ba- yep. the the last name. <laughs> yep, and also the name of Bilbo's house. Oh, Baggins. Okay. Yep. Uh, so Ronald, funny enough, uh, which was his preferred name. I'm so used to everyone referring to him as simply Tolkien, which. I mean, come on, Tolkien is such a badass it name. It really is, but not for a three-year-old child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Ronald was his preferred name. Uh, took to studying, uh, and he was taught by his mother. He loved botany. And the only <laughs> thing he actually loved more was actually the study of languages. Okay. Yeah. So he was a little nerd. He completely. So a little you and a little him would probably be best friends. Yes. <laughs> if he wasn't already dead. Yes, he is dead. Okay. Uh, so his mother taught him some ba- uh, basic Latin as a child. So imagine for fi- fun. <laughs> little five-year-old Ronald here going around speaking Latin. <laughs> I've tried to speak Latin. Uh. Learn Latin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a interesting language. Uh Ronald I could I don't know how I would feel with a five year old walking around like <laughs> Dus ex dominos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be terrifying. I would be like, get back in your room, demon child. <laughs> so Ronald could read by the age of four. Okay. And soon after, he was also writing fluently as well, which is, that's so fucked in my brain. No, it's not <laughs> fucked. He's just gifted. Yeah. Uh, Mabel Tolkien. Get ready for the burnout. Uh, would, be, uh, would actually become Catholic in the year 1900. Wait, who's Mabel? Uh, the mom. Oh, okay. Uh, to the horror of her Baptist family, who basically cut off all help to her for this decision. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, she would die four years later due to diabetes. Oh. Yeah. She was type 1 diabetic. That's messed up, but... Yeah. So now um, Tolkien is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Smart little kid. Dead parents. Yep. Uh, He's going to go on a revenge quest. <laughs> against diabetes? I think so. <laughs> when Ronald was 12... Uh, so she died when he was 12 years old. Okay. Uh, side note, insulin would not be discovered until 1921. And what year is it now? So this is 1904. Aw, sad. Yeah. Now, before she died, she had given guardianship to a man named Father Francis Xavier Morgan, who uh, Tolkien simply referred to as Father Francis. 
Which makes sense. It'd be weird if you called someone their full name every single time you yes. saw them. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, in Tolkien's teen years, when he was studying Latin and Anglo-Saxon, uh, he would be intro- uh, introduced to a created language called Animalic, made up by his cousins. So his cousins are also little nerds, too. Oh my god, his cousins made secret languages? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but they quickly lost interest in their created language. Yes, uh, they are 12-year-olds. Soon, him and one of those same cousins would make up an even more complex la- uh, language called Nevbosh. Okay. A little while later, he would make up another language called uh, Nefarum by himself. So... Yeah, you're starting to see a pattern here? Yes. You know what? When I was younger, me and my best friend used to have secret codes that we would um, write to each other with, and it was in smiley faces, so <laughs> yeah. it was like frontward smiley face, backward smiley face, upside down smiley face, mm-hmm. and it all meant something or whatever. I wouldn't be able to... I think it was like every letter of the alphabet or some shit, but it was like wild. That's... Yeah, I, I remember doing shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Give kids enough time, they'll create a new language. Yeah, apparently. And then they'll burn down the last one. <laughs> At this point, Tolkien would even go to learn Esperanto, which I don't know if you are familiar with that. Nope. It is a created language that a gentleman uh, made up because he was trying to find an trying to create the easiest to learn language possible so that all people in the world could have a second language that everybody could speak in common. That would be fantastic. I would never speak English again. Yeah. So he learned it, but then he was like, yeah, this is never going to go anywhere. And he actually (laughs) told people like in later years, the reason why Esperanto never went anywhere or never grew was because he believed that language is tied directly to stories, to mythologies. And without having anything created with Esperanto, it had no chance of surviving. Huh. Yeah. Uh, So in 1911, uh, Tolkien would even form a group with some friends called the, uh, the Tea Club in Bavarian Society. The T, okay. yeah, the TCBV, uh, uh, BS, uh, which they enjoyed secretly drinking tea in the school library. <clears throat> that was wow. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's the club to be in. In nineteen, uh, uh, also in nineteen eleven, Ronald went on holiday in Switch, uh, Switzerland, and he actually based Bilbo's journey over the Misty Mountains on that adventure. So, okay. Yeah. Now, in 1914, World War II, uh, I has started, but Tolkien avoided the war for a while by be- getting into a college program that allowed him to finish his schooling first. All right. Yeah. By 1915, however, he joined the military and began military training in 1916. He also got married and then he was sent off to fight in France. And he's like 20 something at this point? Yeah, he's he's like barely 21. Okay. Uh to let his wife know where he was without getting in trouble uh because they would check your mail. Yeah. 
he developed a system of dots with his wife that he could let her know where he was and where they were going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, So uh, Tolkien would participate in several battles before coming down with trench fever uh, from all the lice that was (laughs) in there. And he actually had to be shipped off to England. Soon after this, though, his group would nearly be annihilated. Uh, After getting sick, he was in and out of the hospitals for quite some time, and so he was put on garrison duties instead of active duties. What's garrison duties? Basically, you're kept on a base, and you have to do... Paperwork. Paperwork type stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, during which he started that trying to write a book called The Lost Tales, which contained mythology about England, but he also gave up on that project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck the whip. <laughs> so during this time, his wife would give birth to their first uh, to their first son. Uh, also during this time, I guess he would because uh, he finally got stationed close to his wife. He would go out into the woods with her, and she would dance. That was one of their activities. He, she would just dance for him. It's, yeah, apparently they were extremely close with each other. They just adored each other their entire lives. I'm, I'm curious what kind of dancing are we talking about, like? Uh, the very... <sighs> oh, erotic? I don't think so. I think <laughs> more... When you think about, like, fairies dancing in the field type thing. Ah, yes. To the wind. With yeah. no specific pattern. Yes. And it was actually during this that he kind of came up with this idea of a character named Luthien, which is somebody from another book of his called in the Silmarillion. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the uh, elves. Uh, very similar story to... Um, uh, Arwen in Lord of the Rings who gave up her immortality so she could be with Aragorn. But, yeah. Yes, I read those books completely. <laughs> well, I know you've watched the movies, at least. Yeah, a while ago. Okay. <laughs> so, after the war was... I know that there's a character named Strider, and I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's the Aragorn. Oh, really? Aragorn guy. Yeah. Dave. Uh, <laughs> after the war was over... <laughs> Damn it, Tyler. Uh, Tolkien was uh, demilitarized, and his first uh, job was working on the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh. Specifically, words from German starting with the letter W. Oh, so they're almost done. (laughs) So, uh, later that year, he would also get a job at Leeds University, which he would also produce a book... Uh, Sir uh, Gawain in the Green Knight with a friend of his. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, he would also translate several, uh, several other works before returning to Oxford and getting a job at Pembroke College. Okay. Yeah. So he's... All over the place. All over the place and very smart. Uh, during this time, he also worked as a tutor as well. Uh, during his years at Pembroke, it uh, is also where he wrote The Hobbit and two of the Lord of the Rings books. Damn. Yeah. Uh, going back a bit, he also did a translation of Beowulf in 1920, uh, but 
never got it uh, never actually got it published. His son did that in 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, Tolkien... It feels like this happened so long ago, and then you just throw in 2014. Right? (laughs) I was fucking shocked. Uh, Tolkien was also uh, well-known as a writing critic as well. Hmm. And apparently his talks on Beowulf, which uh, he stated was a huge influence to his own works, Mm -hmm. was actually a turning point for how that writing, that story was uh, received. Uh, Beforehand, it was kind of mocked as, well, this story isn't very good and there's all these fantastical elements and so this should just be ignored. And he's like, no, 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 it shouldn't. We need to pay very close attention because even though there are these fantastic elements, there, this as you read it, and especially you read it in the original language, which he could, yeah, uh, you actually see how these people talked, how they created a story. This opens up to their way of thinking and how they perceived the world. And apparently during his talks, he would step out onto the stage. And cry. And there would be, <clears throat> no, uh, would be complete silence. And he would just open in this booming voice in the original language that it was written in, in uh, old, in like this old English and uh, and such. And it basically, I guess they found a letter between him and a student years later, where the student was like, "That was one of the best experiences of my life when you stood up there telling the story. You were Gandalf." So it was <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So he he was really into this shit. Yeah. He sounds um hmm inspired. Yes. Uh. So during World War Two, he was taught how to be a codebreaker, but uh, as he was finishing his training for that, he was told it's like ah oh, we don't think we'll need your services. You can go on home. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in 1945, though, he became a professor at Merton College, where he stayed in his retirement to, uh, until 1954. Okay. He had a total of four children, though for our purposes, his second son, Christopher, is, is the reason that we have so much of Tolkien's legacy. Tolkien would end up dying in 1973 at the age of 81, about two, almost two years after his wife died. Uh, Apparently on her gravestone, uh, he did have that name uh, carved into, like underneath hers is uh, the Luthien. And then on his, uh, the character she was always with in that story was Baron, which that's... He had that put on his tombstone. That's adorable. They made themselves OCs. Yep. Aww. <laughs> uh, he was he was eighty one years old by the time he died. His uh, son would actually gather a lot of his unfinished works or things he had finished but never published. Okay. And that's actually where we get the book 
The Silmarillion from, which was published in 1977. And then there was another book, The The Unfinished Tales, that was published in 1980. And it was unfinished? Um... (laughs) Yeah, it, it's just a random oddball collection of different things that have lore from that particular okay. world. Uh, basically, he did make up languages for the different species, races within Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Going back to his hobby as a child, essentially. Hmm. So, yeah, that's this. The man is complete he was he's so nerdy that he <laughs> transcended nerdiness he created it yeah he was <laughs> well that's, that's the thing and kind of the reason i chose to write about this was because of uh, a lot of this hullabaloo around uh uh the D stuff that's been going oh, on oh yeah and they're kind of going after their the content creators, third party content creators, uh, with their bullshit. Yeah. But the original D and D, so much of it is based off of Tolkien, what he created, the entire concept of orcs and elves and all that. Nobody had that shit, not really. Mm-hmm. But he took it from way older sources within mythology, within. Scandinavian and German mythologies. And kept it for us, like, today and how it's morphed, and, I mean... Yeah, so it, so it's kind of bullshit that they're... No, 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 you can't... We own this Yeah, now. we own this now. It's, it's like, no, it, without this man, we would not have this yeah. at all. And you're essentially stepping on trying to step in and take and monetize something that somebody else has preserved and created. Yeah. Which is, I think it's unethical, especially uh, uh, within one of Tolkien's letters to a, uh, to his friends. Because uh, kind of like uh, Lovecraft, there was yeah. a group called the Inklings that... He was in correspondent with his like whole life. C.S. Yeah. Lewis was another one uh, of this group, and he basically is like, "Well, if you read through everything, all my works, they're slightly off. Even the same events might be in a slightly different year or a slightly different perspective." And I did this in so that people could add their own thoughts, their own imaginations to these stories. Because they're not set in stone. Yeah, exactly. And he did that on purpose. Hmm. One, it's just there's too much lore to really be able to keep it 100% straight. And he understood that. Yeah. Because reading through the Silmarillion is like reading through a fucking Bible. <laughs> Wait, like boring or like there's just a lot? <sighs> there's so much. Oh, it's like reading through Homestuck. Yeah, it's insane. Insane amount. And there are, I mean, I wouldn't I personally did not find it boring. Other people might disagree with me. I mean, I haven't read it. So yeah. <laughs> maybe. I'll let you know. Yeah. So I'm not going to read it. Nah. <laughs> uh, so it's. 
it, it's just kind of uh, ridiculous that yeah. all this stuff that's going on, and I guess that's my thoughts on that. The newest episode of Dungeons and Daddies, mm. um, they were like, Dungeons and Daddies, not a Dungeons and Dragons podcast anymore. And it made me laugh so fucking hard. Like, people just being like, well, this is a Dungeons and Dragons, so yeah. fuck yeah. off. Yeah, it's like, you, because all you have to do is change the name. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, we re-rule dice, but there's plenty of games that have dice in yeah. them. Pathfinder, uh... Other ones. Yeah. There's, uh, vampires in the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. But that has specifically to do with hot vampires. Right. Uh, there's that Monster of the Week. Yeah. That one's really good. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I actually want to get one. Uh, the SCP Foundation mm. made um, uh, a game, and I want everyone to fight monsters. Okay. And I get to sit there and watch you fight monsters <laughs> and struggle. Yeah. But yeah. Y'all are going to be D-class. <laughs> but yeah, so if it wasn't for Tolkien, basically we wouldn't have any any of this fun, nerdy shit that we have today. Yeah, and it wouldn't be able to branch out like yeah. as quickly, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thanks for letting... Um, well, not Dungeons and Dragons become cool, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for all the fish. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so that's my episode. Any any other thoughts and feelings? Nope. All right. Uh, <laughs> hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed, do so already. Make your friends subscribe. Listen to them. us. Listen to the sound of my sultry voice and Alex's, but it's because he is sick. I, on the other hand, sound like this constantly. That's fair. Uh, okay. You can reach us at our Instagram and Twitter, Cute Podcast, Facebook group, Keeping Up with the Pantheons. You can reach us at our email, keepingpantheons at gmail.com. And remember... Gods, gods are, are intellectual integrity and you can't just take it awesome. <laughs>